Welcome to another episode of the Badass Women of Central Park, where every time we bring you an awesome journey of a badass woman in our neighborhood. My name is Dan Clark, and it is my honor to host this podcast and get to learn from so many of you each time. It is my goal for you to see yourself as the badass you truly are. This episode's badass is Jennifer Jackson. Jennifer is a third-generation Denverite with roots going back to the 1880s. She came from a long line of entrepreneurs and has an entrepreneurial spirit of her own. She founded and ran a successful restaurant here in Denver, as well as a career in real estate stemming back to the early 2000s. Jennifer greatly values the experience gained during the last two decades in the people business. She prides herself on her ability to understand people's needs and wants, allowing her to make connections throughout the community as well as for her clients. In 2015, she had the honor of receiving the Matthew Shepard Foundation's Dennis Dougherty Community Leadership Award for her work within the community and nonprofit organizations. Jennifer and her family are outdoor enthusiasts and enjoy all that Colorado has to offer. She strives to represent the tight-knit community of Denver and helping navigate newcomers who want to call Colorado their home. This podcast is brought to you by Mama Bird Memories, where we empower Black, Latina, and Indigenous women from Montbello through guided conversations with your loved ones. Now doing graduation conversation recordings, wisdom conversation recordings, and wedding conversation recordings. We are doing such good and important work on so many levels. Please support Mama Bird Memories. Good morning, Jennifer. We actually do know each other very little, though. You were wonderful and, and with your business and, and cleaned our house for many years and did a great job. My wife misses you. And, <laughs> um, and, and also, another thing I should tell you about it before we start here is my son overheard me say your name, Jennifer Jackson, in the hallway of, of where we're staying, and he's been repeating it, you know, because he says it sounds so cool. Jennifer Jackson, <laughs> Jennifer Jackson. So I think that's, that's pretty awesome, too. So there you go. Um, but I saying that, I think that I haven't talked to you very for a prolonged period of time ever. So I'm very excited to learn more about you here. Um, and I know you've had a very winding path with your business and your life as far as your career is concerned. Um, so kind of take us back to where you think you'd like to start with your career um, so we can move forward to where you are today. Sure. Um, you know, I was born and raised here in, in Colorado, third generation. Um, my grandparents started a business um, in 1882, Denver Burglar Alarm, which was a household name for 50, well, it's been 120 years, but um, so we've been here a long time. Um, that said, lots of uh, relationships um, created, families and um, businesses over the years. So we've been kind of a household name here in, in Colorado. Yeah, is that, um, do you think because your family has that in their blood and kind of seeing other entrepreneurs, I know a lot of people just kind of accidentally stumble on entrepreneurship. Is it something that you always thought about from a young age that you'd want to be working for yourself in some capacity? Um, absolutely. I think that's the American dream. Um, and just the, the, I guess, watching my parents and them navigate life. Um, in a professional way, in a professional manner was, was um, incredible um, 
for a young person to be around, work in as well, family business, and um, and learn from, you know, day in and day out. So definitely it's in the blood, that's for sure. And I was going to say, when I think family business, I do think day in and day out is that is your your life and you get to be around your family, but you're working with your family too. Is that something that you start working at a pretty young age? I did. Um, you know, we, my father also, he's got a very interesting background too with being a musician, but a business person and, and owning property in Denver to this day. And um, that said, we, we had restaurants in some of our, our properties, which I ended up working at as one of my first. And so that was that the restaurant um, link to part of my background um, going as a young adult through college. Um, so um, yeah, like I, it is a winding road, but um, those experiences definitely have collaborated where I am today. So um, yeah, take me take take me through a little of kind of the the different jobs that you've had. So you worked at the restaurant with your family as you were um, younger, and then how did you progress from your career standpoint? Well, from there, I mean, I like I said um, between you and me earlier, I was very athletic. Um, I did go to school up in Steamboat um, in hopes to help create. Um, a girls snowboard team, US or um, something of that sort. Um, unfortunately, with the early 90s, it wasn't in the cards for females. Um, it was devastating because that was my passion. Um, so I ended up coming back to Denver, um, I guess enjoying it as just a hobby really, um, but every winter, all winter. Um, and you know, I had to get serious. I had to make some money. I need to think, I had to think about college. And so I worked in my dad's, the restaurants in his property um, for years on and off, um, attended Colorado Institute of Art, which is um, named differently now, but that was downtown Denver. Um, I studied uh, visual communications, which I think has really, I use it every day. Um, um, how you explain things and and how you, um, um, I guess, explain real estate or show somebody who is either a you know visual learner or or not. But um, it, I think communication that was like a, a huge key, and I just fit right in um, with that. So um, after that, you know, I worked restaurant jobs. I think a lot of us did just to make kind of ends meet and, and figure out our way as young adults. And um, that kind of got me into real estate, which was just a natural um, transition um, in 2003. Uh, and I was, I was in my early 20s. And um, I think it was really hard to be taken seriously. It's an expensive career. Um, to get started, uh, marketing, all that, even just your license. And um, that said, I had the opportunity to open up my own restaurant in the same property that I worked in years on and off um, for myself, which was a franchise called Hamburger Mary's. And we opened in 2006. 
and my partner was my husband at the time and my dad um, owned the building and um, it was an incredible experience though my my heart was really always kind of in real estate for some reason I I don't think I really knew why but um, I definitely do now but 20 years later um, and I, I I kept my license used it here and there not not as seriously as I wanted but um, boy, the restaurant was a lot of work. Um, it is all the time. We had 40 plus employees, um, all between the ages of like 18 and 24. So these were kids. Um, and I was almost still a kid. And uh, it was an incredible learning experience. I was um, able to meet people that I consider my family to this day, um, customers or in my ex-employees to this day. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I kind of graduated into being um, a straight ally in the LGBT community and um, spent a lot of time um, um, in the community, raising money, donating space. Um, so that has been a passion project of mine over the years that I didn't really expect, but it happened. And it was an incredible blessing. So that's still, that's still part of my, you know, life today. Take me through your mindset. It sounds like you had an amazing opportunity to open up this restaurant, this franchise, but you're still so young and inexperienced in this space. Um, did you have any idea what you were going into when you, when you made that leap? And did that help being young and naive at that time? Do you think that you would take a chance like that? I think being young and being a sponge as far as like you're able to take in so much information and and um, compartmentalize it and learn it was almost learning as we went but I had experience in the field before and but it was fun too like the it was such a fun time um but yeah, the challenges of just the restaurant, the incredible overhead, the managing of lots and lots of different types of people. Um, and that's kind of what we talked about, um, you know, being in the people business. I, I guess I've always been in it. Um, and uh, I wouldn't change anything if I had to do it again. That's definitely the truth. Yeah, and I think societally we... we devalue so many different things in education, for example, and I think of your education and communications and how valuable that is in different um, scenarios. And I have a degree in marketing, which I feel is widely respected by the world. And they're so similar just that the naming of certain things in different ways and how they're looked at by other people. Um, but I think restaurants are that way too. And that people think of it as being a very glamorous job, especially owning a restaurant. People see you and they know you own the restaurant and those kind of things. But you're working nights, weekends, you're talking about the scheduling of young people and and if they're not there you're there you're there anyways and you're doing all this and handling those things so I'm sure that was a, an amazing learning experience and then when you moved on from that where did you go next well we had the the restaurant was um you know the process was more years than just being open for 11 um, but during that time I you know was newly married um seven years into the the business um we had my daughter, Chloe, which is now, she's now 11. Um, so as a young, I was a mom, um, 
restaurant tour with a real estate license and it was a lot but we managed um until it was kind of time um in I think in my personal life to end some things and um in a professional life the restaurant um in collaboration with the people involved it was time to close um and unfortunately my marriage failed um at the same time so and I found myself with a seven-year-old beautiful little girl and I was her mentor I was like a princess queen to her and um that was a definite major brick wall um it was a very scary time I think um survival of the fittest even though you don't think you are the fit one um and it was it was very scary I have to say but um through that I think you know and the struggle of the big question mark of what's going to happen to me but not me there's this little girl um and she's my life and what are we going to do and um so out of like you know sheer survival mode um I had to do something and um through a friend who was working for a lady who had a cleaning company in Golden I'm like well sign me up it seems like I'm a really fit athletic person um I need to make some money like this is I'm in a serious situation um and I went to work for her but I studied her and, and the business, which was very simple, overhead was low. Um, it was refreshing actually, because it was, even though I was a little bit of a team working with other, other ladies, it was all me. Um, and it, I didn't have employees. I didn't have keys to lock up at, you know, two in the morning and be back at 10 and, um, And so I I studied her business and I'm like, I can do this. This is, I can totally do this. So I did. And um, being that she was, most of her clientele was in Golden, there was no, um, you know, there there was no conflict of clientele or anything like that. So I lived in in Stapleton at the time, which is now Central Park. Um, I lived there for eight years and um, I'm like, I'm going to do this here. People need this service. And it started, it started little and grew quickly, really fast, which I ended up with 50 um, customers in Central Park um, by myself and two other wonderful ladies. So um, yeah, we hustled, we hustled. Um, COVID happened and the rug got pulled out from the world. And it was scary, but there was a link there that people needed us um, and the importance of cleanliness um, and the fear of what was happening. And no one knew about it. I, we did, I did have to take nine weeks off because school is out in one afternoon, pick up your kids, school's out with their books and all of us, and you were there too. Um, and uh we did go back. We, you know, um, we went back into people's homes, took care of them. I think it was like a refreshing and kind of nice to see another, another 
person's face that wasn't in your own little bubble after so long. Um, and we were, you know, we were safe, we were careful, this, the service was needed. And um, it turned out to be a pretty lucrative business. Um, and then I think what kind of happened was it was, I was at a segue, like, do I have teams all over, all over Denver? What do I do from here? Do I grow or do I recalculate what my needs are in my life? And it just so happened that my two best girls that were on a different team. So I had, I have more than one happening. Um, they both needed to move. And so I took that as like, oh boy, well, maybe this is a sign. So for so long, being in the survival mode and building this business um, out, of, out of survival and, and wanting to help others at the same time, um, I was grateful to have kind of that segue to reevaluate, reevaluate what I really, really wanted to do. Um, and that was get back into real estate full-time, which I'd never really done full-time because I was so busy before with, with the, the ventures that I, that came to me. Um, and, um, so again, I was really grateful for that kind of questionable time of, well, what do I do now? Do I find more, um, employees? Do I keep going? And I think it just kind of expired. Um, though I, you know, I had a great clientele in Central Park. I'm like, I, I really need to get back to, to my, to one of my passions. And that was real estate, which I, I, by then, I think it was about um, 2019. And, and I, you know, I jumped in um, head first. Are you uh, at this time? Are you, are you at this time um, looking back at these tough situations that you've had and seeing how you've overcome them? And is that giving you strength during this too? Do you think you'd be because you're taking risks along this path too. Do you think your previous struggles led to you kind of being more confident in these times? Absolutely. Um, I think logistically, like we all have, we all have a lot of um, responsibilities that we have to meet um, on a day-to-day -day basis, you and I and everybody else. But um, I think failure is something you learn from over and over and you know I'm like counting right now in my head that was like failure number four but it wasn't a failure because it was my decision but it was still very scary um you know it's not a nine to five where you clock in and out you can call a manager you can call the owner or something for some support it was all me and um it was a big leap and uh I was very grateful to uh, have open arms from a dear classmate of mine that I've known for 30 plus years um, who ended up buying the real estate company she worked under for almost 20. And she is now my um, employing broker and we're still dear friends. So I, the support was not surprising, but um, um, I, I'm so grateful because um, I think that segue some sometimes with bigger box uh, real estate companies can be very daunting. Um, you have a sales quota to make. Um, it's not 
the environment that I was used to owning my own businesses um, and really catering to the people and not the bottom line exactly. So um, that's kind of where I am today um, with her and her company. And uh, um, though it's been around for 30 years, she was able to um, buy it and run it and have her own agents. It's a small um, company, Leonard Leonard and Associates. Um, and I'm, like I said, grateful. Um, you're leaving, take me through a little of your mind process here because you, you made this decision to move back into real estate, which is, as I understand it, can be just a wonderful and very lucrative profession, but typically after you farmed it forever and you're working, 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 for nothing at those points. So you're building this clientele, which is hard to get those initial steps. And, and your um, cleaning business was booming at the time. So you're giving away real money at that time. You had all these signs, but take me through a little more of your, your mindset going into that as something that you just, did you have confidence from your previous experience doing it? That you felt like you could build up a clientele? Was it that you had friends in the business to, to get there? Well, I mean, I think my um, relationships gained um, with the LGBT community, just the restaurant community, um, neighborhood communities that I've lived in for 20 years, um, or, you know, almost 10 in, in Central Park, you know, I, I felt that I could um, do, start with some business and snowball from there. Really, real estate is a, is a referral business, like the cleaning business, um, like the restaurant business, really. And um, so I had I didn't have high hopes, but I had hopes because you don't want to get your hopes up too high and, um, and have to deal with, you know, maybe another failure. But I was um, at this point, I think confident. Um, I knew it would be a kind of a slow start. Um, and I'm definitely not where I, my, where I'd like, I want to be. Um, I don't know if there's a ceiling, a glass ceiling, you know, where I, I want, I end up, um, it's, it's ever a changing market. It's an ever changing business. And, um, I, you know, used the people near and dear to me to, um, kind of help my, my start back into real estate. It's, um, I don't know if you, if you look into it, there's somewhat of 40,000 real estate agents in Colorado and, really the nitty gritty of it all. If you really do research and you look at it and you're in it all the time, there's only 10% of us doing 90% of the business. And that's the honest to God truth. There's a lot of part-timers. Um, and so when you look at the numbers, there's the 10% of us working um, full-time are definitely doing 90% of the work. So, um, but going back to your question about kind of the segue of, of um, jumping into a new career, or an old career, but new again, and trying to start over, um, it was incredibly daunting. And it's a struggle all the time. Um, sales is, is, you never know. It's, it is to, it always a question mark. Um, so that's kind of where I'm, I'm at um, as of now. Um, but um, definitely looking forward to you know, this new year and, and 
you know, the people that I can, I can help navigate through this, this post COVID um, world we're living in and real estate market, which can be very tricky. Um, I think being a, a native also, um, we don't farm. I mentioned you, you, you mentioned that word farming and that is kind of an old term in, in, in terms of real estate. It, there's an area that you focus on and you try to um, kind of make yourself a household name there. Um, but being that I've lived all over Colorado and born and raised uh, mostly in Littleton and lived in Denver for 20 years, et cetera, et cetera. But we really cater everywhere. Um, and we're constantly educating ourselves in the, the new markets, new neighborhoods even um, in Colorado. So that's, um, that's kind of where we're at now um, in present time. Um, how are you? How are you at throughout all these parts of your career? And now you said your, your daughter's 11. How do you do with work-life balance and boundaries and things like that? I feel like real estate's a job you literally can't have boundaries in because it's so important to the client. It's the most important thing. It's so competitive. So you have to give people everything. But I feel with communication, you can do a good job and set those set those expectations. How, how do you do personally with that? Well, personally, and I think going stemming back to the, you know, to the early 70s when women were in the workforce. And real estate really, one, I think we're really good at it. We're selling people's homes where they live and being homemakers. And, and um, um, you know, what I, stemming from that, I think that was able, that this career path was easily manipulated for mothers. Um, yes, we are at the mercy of our clients and that is our job. We, we are at the mercy of their time frame, but we can manipulate it to, um, to work for our own family as well, um, as best as I, that I can. And it is a juggle. Um, the work-life balance is I will always have to work on, um, but I always remember like what's important and that's my daughter and her school and her friends and um, my social life and my own home and my plans for the future. So um, it is a lot of juggle. I know I try to explain this to um, you know friends here and there and they just roll their eyes and they, they're, they said, my head's spinning listening to you, but um, it, it's a work in progress and I think it will always be. And I think seeing the, the going through different careers, I think it certainly for me has been helpful to see that nothing is perfect. And so there's no perfect situation. So having those other careers before too, I think sets the expectations in your mind too, that, oh, at the restaurant, I was doing this and having this time. And so these are the benefits of this. So I think you can take advantage of that um, in in different ways too, as far as that. And I think the the also the age of your child is that dictates a lot of things too, and what you need in the time and, and what times you need to be with them. We just talked before I just got back from Poland here my daughter's first dance show here in Poland so that was such a fun experience and being able to make sure to be at events like that too is so important um here's a question I've never asked before but I should ask more is for your daughter who's now you said 11 what kind of things do you see in her that you 
know she got from you or you feel proud that she got from you? Do you see specific things that you say, oh, I did really well with this? Yes, you, you know, and it took me years, probably 40, to figure out that what keeps, what, what is, what's my drive? People will ask you that. And you're like, well, geez, I don't know off the top of my head, except kind of a broad term of intestinal fortitude. My dad, my grandparents had it. My dad had it. I definitely have it. And I see it in her. And whether that's genetics or not, it's the, it's your environment you're in. And, um, you know, if I hadn't struggled and I, you know, I, I didn't always put on a smiley face. Yes. I cried in front of her here and there and she saw my frustration, but look where we are. Like we're, ha we're happy. We're healthy. I we're doing it. And that's kind of my message to some younger women that want to do, you know, some big things like you're good because you're doing it. That's the, the benefit of, um, your goal, you're doing it. You're, you're, even if it's the first or third step, you're doing it. And, um, instead of dwelling on the pressure and, and the anxiety of, oh my gosh, this is due the, at this date, I need this amount of money for this or time constraints or whatever. Um, one day at a time and take a breath during when you can and reboot but definitely that's her her intestinal fortitude I definitely see that in her and it makes me so happy but it, it takes a lot of support I have to remind her like you did this so well we can do it again like you know not try harder you're gonna be the best but you are the best because you're doing it you're 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 in the middle of it it's it's working for you um, so I hope that answered your question as far as, you know, what I see in, from me in her and vice versa from, you know, my, my, um, elders, I should say. Yeah. And I was going to say full circle too, because I'm sure that reminds you of that you have it too, in those tough times and that you, to inspire her, you're, you're pushing yourself in that way, which brings me to something that you wrote to me too. And we talked about this. Um, you talked about switching your mindset from kind of a survival mode to success mode. Is mindset really important to you? Do you work on things like that? What? Tell me a little bit more about what your thoughts are on that. Definitely. I think, you know, towards the end of, um, you know, the, the restaurant business or my restaurant business, um, you know, it was very stressful. There was a lot of, um, you know, personal things going on um, in, in my family and that caused panic internally and no matter how good you are at um getting up every day and continuing what you're supposed to do um it's there and i and um not only that situation but you know starting the cleaning business i wasn't in the best um situation financially really anything and the survival mode um, is felt by others. That's for sure. And then I think just the fear of jumping in full-time real estate with the big question mark is that same survival, um, you know, mental state that one is not good for you and it doesn't serve the clients or customers you're trying to serve. And if anything, they can feel it. 
So I think I, I kind of had to readjust and slow down and, and focus and, and look at this is a, it not only is it affecting me in a negative way, I bet they can feel it. I bet they can feel it, not with a pressure um, sales mentality at all. That is not my style, but just, I think they, some angst and um, anxiety, the underlying um, anxiety of, oh my gosh, what is going to happen? But we don't know. And I think I just had to slow down and really um, eliminate things in my life that were not serving me well. Um, whether it were things, situations, people, and like a big reset. And it has really changed things, me for the better. Just the the air is is clearer. Um, Chloe's doing, she's always really done great, but she's doing better and she's more relaxed. I'm more relaxed. My clients are, I think, more relaxed in this crazy market we're in, which is, and you know, our, the whole, you know, um, the whole country, um, it, you know, it's changing every day. And I think you got to slow down and, and take a breath because it, um, it definitely rolls right off of you to the, to the next person. And I, it took me years to figure out. It took me years and years to stop, slow down, refocus, reset and then start again and see how far that gets us, you know, and to read, to do it all the time, to reset. It's a constant um, reset. I haven't figured it out yet. And I do just kind of voice journaling on my phone now, which is one way that I try to capture the moment and be in the moment to some degree and then be able to look back. But yeah, I know my life's going by already too fast. My kids are already getting too old, all these things. And I'm like, you're in it right now. These are the best times of your life. And hopefully it's that way till it's not my life anymore. But just that you're, you need to be in those moments and that you always do look back on the building part of things and the struggle part of things, I think, fondly and, and being in the moment. Um, is, is there some way that you kind of document things? Do you do journaling or anything like that? You know, I, I like, I'm a runner. So boy, I've done my best life planning and thinking and sorting through things running, even with loud music at the same time. Um, I will say, you know, towards the end of the restaurant, my restaurant career, I, in the, my, my new baby, um, I joined, uh, I joined, excuse me, Stroller Strides, which is now um, Fit for Mom. So if you've seen all of those ladies with their strollers in, in Central Park running up and down hills, I was with um, Karen Elinowitz, who is, she lives in Central Park still, and I was with them for four years. Boy, that sure helped. That helped me sort through a lot. And that was community, exercise, um, and uh instances like that but it really what it kind of comes back I keep going back and forth is exercise that's really really helps me I um I'm always on my feet I think I've been on my feet for my whole career all of my careers so I'm not a, I don't sit still well um so I, I think I I figure out and plan well on the move um but exercise has really helped, definitely really helped. 
Yeah, I've been a runner multiple times in my life, or jogger, I would say, slow pace, but long. And I love to listen to the podcast and kind of learn. You feel such a sense of achievement doing it, too. And I agree with you. Something about moving and thinking for me, driving is that way kind of, too, where I'm moving and having some of my best thoughts. And, and um, the exercise part, too, is so obvious. I, I walk now, but I'm not up to running yet, but I need to get back there. Um, but you were doing it even with child and young child. And so that's, that makes, inspires me to get back to it. I do, I do need to. I didn't ask you yet how you kind of feel. Uh, this is the podcast called The Badass Woman of Central Park. Do you feel like a badass? Boy, um, I do. I do. Um, that's hard for me. I don't like to toot my own horn very much, but um, I do. I do as a mom. Um, and the ever-changing, like, career I've had, um, it just, I, I think it's just getting better and better, um, and I, I know, as you know, the older you get, the more you figure out, but then it changes again, like kids, you figure them out, and then they change, and uh, so um, I have to say, I am a badass, because I'm doing it. <laughs> What do you what do you want for your future? And you can take that as kind of however it, how whatever it means to you. Well, um, I think what I'd like in the future is um, I think pr first pr professionally, I'd like to be a household name. Um, I would really like to help families maybe generationally by their first, second, third. Um, help their grandparents downsize, um, you know, first time home buyers in a family. Um, it is a referral business. So I, I, I can't wait to kind of see that full circle. Um, even though I've got lots of roots here in Colorado and know lots of families already, but, um, and then I, I think personally, and I am very um, business oriented and goal oriented, but I think for, my own little family, my daughter and I, she, um, I just want to support her and see her grow up to be a really well-rounded, open um, individual. Um, and a, as a little girl, um, show her that as a woman, you can do anything you want. It is scary as hell, but as long as you're doing it, you're going to be okay. As long as you're, you keep going. Um, but that's my, that, those are my goals. Um, those two things. And I want to, I want to be an old lady just so I can be around and see her grow up um, and hopefully practice real estate into my years, which you can um, maybe, maybe on a little more of a hands-off basis, but um, those are my goals. Very cool. Yeah. I think that you're, the longevity part of it, and if you're doing something you really enjoy, then the, the adage that doesn't feel like work, and, and I think the future, we don't know what the future holds, but there's probably going to be a lot of different ways to do it, um, but always kind of like you've been doing during your career, reinventing yourself keeps you young and keeps you learning and, and engaged, and it can be a struggle, but through just like you're running, that, that struggle gives you muscles and, and growth from it as you push yourself, so I, I really respect that. Um, okay, as we do close out, um, I, you've already said it, my, my new phrase at the end of the, the, the podcast, but I'm going to make you say it again. I just want you to state your name and say that you're a badass. So I am Jennifer Jackson, and I am a badass. I am Jennifer Jackson, and I am a badass.
Thank you again for listening to this podcast. Please go to iTunes or whatever provider you're listening on and give us a rating so we can do more of this important work. Please keep sending me suggestions of people we should interview on this show. And finally, and most importantly, please always remember that you, yes you, are a badass.